Danny J. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here, we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the best life. Can we talk about this? Maybe, but let's turn on the recorder and see what happens. What's up, y'all? What is going on, besties? We are, uh, are we announcing that we're getting a new cover? We're going to be launching new branding soon. Yes. Look at us. And how well, I don't know how soon soon is, but soon is soon. And soon it's coming sometime (laughs) in the future. It will be here. Um, Yeah. Uh, We don't do things that fast on this podcast, but- it will get done. It will get done. And what's up? This is Danny J. And this is Jill Coleman. Um, so today we are going to have a discussion around how to support people in your life, even when they are doing something that you either would not do yourself or you don't approve of. Um, and this is so hard because, you know, we have people need to do what they need to do for them. We've talked about this quite a bit, but some of these decisions can affect you. It's funny. I'll give you just a super sort of clinical example. A lot of, and I know you probably had this experience as well when, and of course this can happen in relationships and friendships and those kind of things. But a recent example was a bunch of my clients are transitioning from their in-person personal training and group fitness instructor jobs to online training. And a lot of their clients that they have in person are great people. They've been with them for years and they are, but you know, because they've been with them for for years, they're paying kind of pennies still, right. They're just sort of paying like whatever they were grandfathered in 10 years ago or five years ago. And now my clients want to sort of rip off the bandaid and they want to go all in online and they want to build their business. And they're having such a hard time sharing and telling their clients that they're going to stop training. Mm -hmm. And I remember doing this and I don't know if you did too, because your clients are become like your friends. They really do. And maybe you wouldn't hang out with them outside of the gym, but they do become, you know, close to you and they share a lot with you. And just, you know, anyone in the service industry, you know, we get shared with a lot. And I remember I had some clients when I shared this, that I was going all in on Jill fit and I was not, not going to be personal training anymore. Half my clients were like, totally get it. You need to do what you need to do for you. I'll miss you, but you know, totally get it. The other half were really upset and they were really like, but no one likes change, right? This human nature, we don't like change. And so how can you be, and and also, you know, I've had this experience with bosses when I leave, you know, I've had bosses that have been like, we're going to miss you. You're amazing, but I totally get that you have another opportunity and need to take it. And I've also had bosses that get upset when you leave, like literally get like mad at you, which I never fucking understood, like why a boss would get mad at you for doing what you need to do for you, but it's real. And so how do you handle either when you're the person making the choice or the person supporting the choice? How can you sort of tamp down, maybe if that's what you do, your own feelings, because realizing it doesn't really have anything to do with you, it affects you, but it has nothing really to do with you. And how can you either support the person or I don't know, fucking fake it or do something so that you can sort of support your friend or support the person that, you know, means something to you. Oh, did you ever had that experience? Oh, I did. I was starting to laugh because I forgot about my first two jobs that I quit. My boss just freaked out on me. Could you imagine? Freaked out on me. 
it's also like, it affirms that you made the right decision when you get a boss yeah. like that though. Yeah. And I was like 20 years old. Like, really? I was going to do this for the rest of my life. You got to be kidding me. <laughs> I always expect everyone's <laughs> going to leave. Like I have five people on my team. I'm like, all these people are going to leave within the yes, next year. Yes. Yes. Literally my boss freaked out on me. And I think because I went to work for a competitor, but also chill your ass because that competitor lived, I, I moved to the other side of town. And so that new gym I was working at was like next door. I was suddenly having to drive 45 well, minutes. And you also weren't like, you weren't really well. I mean, you've told the story before you weren't really well um, taken care of at that original job though, either. Yeah, that was a no. little bit <laughs> so silly, but yeah. So really like this came about, cause I was thinking of, you know, we just did the abortion episode and I was mm -hmm. thinking of a lot of scenarios, but let's just say, you know, we know that there's really heavy beliefs on both sides. Right. So let's just say you're someone who's very pro-life and you have a friend who's struggling and they're like, I'm going to have an abortion. How would you support them? So that was like my first thought into this topic, but it goes into so many other things. Like Jill said, literally like moving a job or even, you know, we maybe have friends who we feel like they should have left a relationship and they stayed, or maybe they should, you know, do something. And we, we think they should do something and they do something else. And how do we support them in their decision and let them live their life and live with their choices without making it about us and without ruining the relationship really. Mm -hmm. And so like that, for that instance with my ex boss is I had so much history with them and it was like, it was almost like the relationship was over in a, a matter of minutes of quitting because like years and years and years of working together was gone because they couldn't handle me leaving. And so I feel like we have to, as if we want to maintain relationships, we need to learn ways to be able to support people in their decisions. Even if we don't agree, even if we don't quote approve, um, if we want to maintain the relationship. And I guess that's actually the first question is, do you want to keep this relationship or do you want to be right? And if you just want to be right and like push your agenda and push your ideas, then also be aware that that relationship might go. So I guess that's the first question, but really the discussion would be, we're assuming you want to keep the relationship. So how do you save that? Mm -hmm. And how do you make someone feel supported? Even if you don't agree with their choices or yeah. decisions. And it's so hard because it, sometimes it, their choice can really affect you. So for example, you know, when I left North Carolina, I obviously had a lot of like really close friends there and family and workout partners. And when you, when I left for LA, I had to do that for me, but I know like that, you know, that does affect my workout partner. We work together, we work out together five days a week. That's like a, a serious, you know, sort of friendship relationship. And I, I think I have personally been really um, blessed with friends who support me, even when it, it does affect them, you know, like even, um, you know, when you lived in LA and you were thinking of moving back to Vegas and I don't know if you will know this, but Danny put together an entire PowerPoint presentation and presented it to me, hooked it up on my, literally my big screen TV, hooked it up and walked me through the salesperson that she is, she walked me through this PowerPoint and she made really good points about why I should move to Vegas. And this is before Jeff, by the way. So this is before Jeff. And I had been dating Keith for probably like three, four months. So it wasn't a ton of time and you made a really good pitch. And, but I had, I did what I needed to do for me, which was say, cause I was falling in love and I was like, it's in a relationship and I'm not ready to bounce. I will say 
that if I wasn't in a new relationship, I definitely would have gone. You made a very good case for it. But, you know, the consequences, you move to Vegas and I stay in LA and that definitely changes our dynamic. Yeah. And luckily we've been able to do a good enough job of, of like, you know, having a continue to have a friendship, but you could have taken that the wrong way. I could have taken that the wrong way. And both of us were like, yes, we're each doing what we need to do for each for ourselves with the intention that we still love and care for each other and, and our friendship and obviously our podcast and our professional relationship as well. But yeah, I mean, I think the first thing is, is definitely try to not make it about you. I think that's the, the, the most immature thing to do. And it's also the most base level thing to do. And I think, and this is something that I, and I'll be interested in your take on this. When I talk to people or I share something with someone and they immediately make it about them, that's sort of like a tell to me. I'm like, oh, this person really isn't like, quote, like in my mind, emotionally mature, mature enough to just hold space and not make it and not get defensive or not start deflecting or start like, again, proving that they're right. And instead they just sit and listen to whatever it is that you say. And I think it's possible to support someone without also being like, I wouldn't do that. Like I personally wouldn't do that but also I support you because you are a whole ass person. You deserve autonomy and, and you have to do what you need to do for you. So to me, it's always a sign of emotional maturity in my mind. If you can like hold space for someone who you do not share beliefs with and you would not do what they're doing. And I remember one of my very first like quote unquote mindset mentors, Julius, um, I've talked about him in the podcast before. I remember him saying to me like, Jill, you never need to ask why people do what they do because they do what they do because they do what they do. Like, it's never like, sometimes you just don't know. Sometimes it's never going to make sense to you. And if you can get right with that, then you can be at peace. And it's like Byron Katie says, you can be right, or you can be at peace. You can be right. You can be free. And I think you nailed it. You nailed, you know, nailed it when you said that earlier in the podcast, that's definitely, I think what this is a matter of like, do you want to prove your point or do you want to support your friend? Yeah. And I think one way I love that you said, um, like to hold space for someone. I think one way to maybe get off the high horse of you wanting to be right is to get curious. So asking lots of questions and asking why someone like whatever the decision is they're making that they need to make. If you're struggling with it, if you're wanting to judge it, if you're thinking they should be doing something different to just let them process and talk through the reasons why. And it's for them, but I mean, it's for you, I think, but also for them, I think it will help them feel heard instead of judged. And it will also maybe give you an inkling or an idea of like what it's like to be in their shoes. So yeah. you can like take off your judgment hat and be more in a compassion in a compassionate role. I think this is, um, I had a, uh, some friends of mine that went through a weird thing with, uh, one of the girl's husbands, he was started flirting with a girlfriend of mine and she had issues with, she's like, why doesn't she leave her husband? He's like sketchy. He's flirting with other women. He's flirting with me. It caused an issue between their friendship and relationship. And the friendship kind of stepped away, but I think there was also judgment of like, why didn't she leave her husband? If I were her, I would have left this husband and blah, blah, blah. But I was able to talk to this girl and ask a little bit of like, why is she staying? And it gave me a little more compassion, like still in my mind. I'm like, yeah, I still would have bounced. I would have left. I wouldn't have done what you did, but also I'm not her. I'm not in her shoes and hearing the reasons she stays and why she's still there and what she has to put up with. I can at least understand and have some compassion towards why that person is doing what they're doing. So, you know, it's, it does come back to like, do you want to maintain that relationship? Do you want to be right? And also are there ways that you can just listen and hold space for reasons. And the, the thing about that, like, let's say relationships, 
um, when someone stays in something like maybe you think they shouldn't is if you start to push your like agenda and they end up staying, it can sever the relationship, especially when there's like a romantic relationship and a friendship or the trust. So if there's ever issues in the relationship, they may not want to come to you and tell you anymore because they're worried about what you're going to say, or, oh, well, I told you, you should have left, you know, like the, I told you so thing. So it's, you just really have to look at your relationships and, and really try to put the relationship first instead of being right or being, I told you so, or being in whatever that space is of like trying to make your, I don't know, your version of what's right. Everyone's version of what's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think we did an episode on this a couple of years ago. This is a little bit sounding familiar. It's not exactly this, but I do remember, and this is what's hard. And I'm sure you've had this experience. I've been on both sides of this where you do feel judged by a friend. Mm -hmm. And because of that, you do stop sharing with them. You know, you're kind of like, fuck, like, or you're just embarrassed to share with them, right? Because you're not ready to leave or you're not ready to take action. You're not ready to do the thing that you know they think that you should do. And you also value them and you value their opinion. And so you either feel embarrassed or you feel um, judged so that you you do sort of stop that. And that's what sucks about it because, you know, I think there's a lot of, there's a school of thought of like, hey, if this is your best friend and they're making a huge mistake, you sh- need to say something but there's also consequences to that. You know, there's consequences to sort of injecting yourself. And I love that you brought up compassion because I think that's huge. Like the, the, like being empathetic, I think is huge. And I love that you said, just getting curious and asking questions because, you know, you might still at the end of the day, be like, you know what? I still would, would not do what you're doing, but I can now understand it from your perspective. And if you are sort of emotionally one, like a base sort of base level emotionally, you probably can't see that. You think things are black and white. You think things are binary. It's a yes or a no, or it's a leave or a stay or a, and oftentimes it's just not that way, especially in relationships, right? We're emotional people. We're emotional beings. As much as I think we wish the logical brain would just like snap on and we could just make the decision oftentimes we make decisions emotionally. So yeah, I mean, I've been on both sides of that where maybe I've overstepped my bounds and I felt like, ah, like later on, like, fuck, I probably shouldn't have said that. It's not my business. You know, I think I overstepped a little bit and I know there are always going to be consequences to that. You know, no one likes to feel judged about their, you know, no one likes to feel shame or embarrassment over their decision or lack of decision-making. And so I think there, there definitely are some consequences. And I think, also realize that when it comes to making decisions for anyone, and this is why so many of us, we've done so many episodes on like, are we making the right decision? I think this is why so many people second guess themselves. Mm. All of us know someone who goes out and asks like a hundred people for their opinion, you know? So if you are that type of person, then you can't get upset when people give you their opinion. I personally typically don't only because I just sort of know what I want to do deep down. I think most of us actually do know what we want to do deep down. I think sometimes going out and asking for feedback or asking for advice can almost sometimes muddy the waters. You were like, I thought I was like pretty set on doing this, but now I'm like, maybe I shouldn't. And then all of a sudden you start becoming indecisive and the whole thing feels a little bit muddier than maybe it would have before. That's why like, I'm such a big fan of, and you know, self-trust and we talk about that a lot. It's like, really, I hate to say like, follow your intuition, but most of us do know what we actually want to do maybe it just makes us feel scared to do that because we know we're either letting people down, we are disappointing people, we are, you know, maybe it's embarrassing to admit something like that inside, but at the end of the day, you're the person who needs to live with the life that you choose. So yeah. you can't I mean, because that's the thing is if you're making decisions based on what you know other people in your life want you to do, you're literally living someone else's life. 
Yeah. I, I think this conversation actually is much more timely than we even anticipated before we started talking about it. Cause I was thinking back to literally just a couple episodes ago when we were Jill, Jill and I did an episode on kind of what we agree on or what we don't agree on. Let's just go back to the vaccines again, talking about controversial mm-hmm. things, but so many people believe that everyone should take the vaccine and other people believe that they didn't need to for themselves. And it's like, how do we support people in their own decisions when we think it's harming us or it is harming us, or it's somehow affecting us or not affecting us. And again, I think the same thing applies here for this same exact scenarios is holding space, asking questions, not making it about you, number one, and then holding space, getting curious and then letting things go. I mean, I don't know. It's and, and then I guess asking, do you want the relationship to survive? Yeah, I was going to say, I think that's really the bottom line too. It's like, if you don't care about the relationship, yeah, then whatever. It's not that it's like a throwaway or the person is not valuable. It's just like, you know what? This is a stranger. I could take it or leave it. I just met this person. Like I, I have no skin in the game, whatever it is. It might feel like a throwaway, you know, sort of a thing. Like, oh, here's my opinion. It's not like, and also they might not even take it that seriously if you guys don't have a relationship, you know? Yeah, yeah. You know, but if it is someone close to you, I think it's important to weigh is this, am I making this about me? When at the end of the day, it's not about me. It might affect me, right? My best friend's going to move away or, you know, someone I love is staying in an abusive relationship or, you know, I, I'm pro life and someone's getting an abortion. Like, you know, I can get an emotional hit without making it about me. I can make, mm-hmm. get an emo, like an emotional hit without making it about me. And I think that's a, a level of emotional maturity that, you know, a, a lot of us need to continue to strive to, because I think it just, it does salvage the relationship and it also frees you, right? Cause if you're so invested in everyone else's decision, that's miserable. Also, you know, this person needs to do this. And we all know people like that, that feels so caught up. Anyone who's a, like a gossip or, I mean, we all kind of know that person who's always talking about other people's business rather than their own stuff. To me, that's an indication of like, yeah, how that has nothing to do with you. And I catch myself doing that, or I catch Keith doing that. And I, and it's, it's off-putting to me. I'm like, why are we telling, I don't even know that person. Why are we spending 20 minutes talking about someone else's life? Who's just making their own decision, doing their fucking best. Yeah. I probably wouldn't make those decisions, but also why do you give a shit? You know, like, why do I give a shit? And so I think it's recognizing when it doesn't have anything to do with you and allowing people to fucking live. Because honestly, that's the courtesy I want too. Yeah. You know, that's the thing is I think about that too. I'm like, I want that same courtesy extended to me. So yeah, I can't have it both ways. I can't be like, I want to do what I need you for me. I value autonomy and then take that away from someone else. This doesn't make sense. The four agreements, one of them is don't take things personally is like, that's such a powerful such a powerful thing in the four agreements to recognize if you are. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, when I was going through my divorce, one of my mantras, I had a couple, one was this too shall pass. Cause I was just, was a wreck. And I was like, this, this will pass. But also I had this mantra of, it's not about me. It's not about me. Cause I kept making the affair about me and, and I just knew it wasn't, but I think that if this mantra, this isn't about me could go for so many things that if we could keep that in the back of our minds, when we're interacting with nearly with not nearly with anyone (laughs) that it's not about you, we might be able to just bring down a lot of, I don't know, triggers and, uh, high anxiety, personal turmoil. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Like how, if you think about it that way, how like egotistical is it even to be like, this is about me. (laughs) It's like someone's (laughs) literally trying to live their life and you're making it about you. Like that's miserable. Yeah. That old Carly Simon song. You're so vain, but you think this song is about you. (laughs) Yes. And that song was about whoever (laughs) I forget who was like, there's rumors about who was about. 
I don't know. Now I'm going to look it up. I forgot. Was it James Taylor? Weren't they married? I thought they were married. (laughs) I don't think. I don't know. First of all, if you were born after 1990, you have no idea what the fuck we're talking about. Yeah, it's true. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think this is a good one. I think it's, and that's what's hard, right? Is how do you even, number one, have the awareness that you're making about you? I think you Mm -hmm. can look to your emotions if you're getting defensive, if you are feeling, uh, if you're feeling like you're raising your voice, right? Like you have to sort of notice those things. We're like, why do I feel like I have to defend right now? You know, so defensiveness, deflecting, blaming, complaining, um, retaliation, like any of those things, when you find yourself like having that hit of like wanting to do that. And sometimes we can't help it. We're just doing it. And all of a sudden we're like, well, like, what about this? And we're like making our point. You need to sort of notice that. I think the first the first step to being able to change your behavior is to notice your behavior and notice when you're doing those things. And so for me, it's always those negative emotions. If I'm having, and I notice this all the time, I'm like, why am I even having a, like, we did the episode on the abortion, like a couple of times I was like, why am I getting heated right now? So I think, you know, I think, and it's not that it's wrong, right? It's an emotion. It's fine. But you, but when you catch yourself, the second step is to be able to try to stay as clinical as possible and go, Yeah. Okay. Yes. I'm getting, why am I getting, why am I so invested in this decision when it has nothing to do with me? How can I stay neutral? How can I support this person? How can I not make it about me and realize that it is self-absorbed to think it's about me or to assume it's about me when someone's literally just trying to live? I, I love all of these tips. And I think that if we can all just take those little steps and notice, and it, it just takes practice. And we always go back to this practice. Self-trust takes practice. Self-awareness takes practice, but noticing these emotions, maybe having that mantra, it's not about me getting more clinical, getting really curious and just leading with more compassion all the time in any circumstance, I think will always feel better. It will always salvage more relationships. And I think maybe you'll get what you want. I think sometimes too, it's mm. about, con- it's about control and controlling others Power, and, yeah. and controlling their behaviors. Isn't really how you get control in your life, but how do you, know. what do you do when you're interacting with someone who just feels like they're right? You know, that's, what's really interesting to me is so many of these things. And, you know, we could extend this conversation into political issues, um, you know, social justice, like whatever, right. We could extend this mm-hmm. into so many different areas. What do you do when you come up on someone who literally feels like abortion is wrong. It's wrong. And they are so adamant or whatever. It doesn't matter what it is, but like, whatever, what do you do when you come up on something like that? And you're just like, wow, they don't even see it as uh, malleable. They don't even see it as a discussion. They don't even see it as there might be something else here besides this. There might be some other justification on why you might want to do something else. I think that's really hard. I know that I've certainly had some people in my life like that, that they're just so black and white with some things that you kind of can't even, maybe you just don't go to that person. Maybe you're just like, yeah, they just are too self-righteous. I feel like those are sometimes the people you just can't go to. But I do think that, you know how we talk about, there's tons of people in an industry and sometimes we're like, it's too saturated. Everyone's a coach or everyone's doing this, but it's like, you have your own way of speaking to someone. I do always think there's someone that could get across to that person. Mm. And the reason I say that is I was just scrolling, um, IG yesterday. And I, in my explore tab, I came across this, um, account called Hayden's hope. 
and it's was talking about uh, childhood dementia. And so I got intrigued by this because I lived with my grandma with dementia and I was like, oh my gosh, how on earth could a child have dementia? How devastating. So I started scrolling and looking through all of these posts and this little girl, I'm guessing she's around eight years old. Her name's Hayden. Her mom's just posting basically how she used to talk. She used to do all these things. And now she's slowly losing her speech. She's going to lose her, how she walks and she's going to eventually die from this. She's also going to be in a lot of pain. She is in a lot of pain. So she's living this horrible, excruciating, painful life. And the mom did a post, uh, five days ago about the abortion thing. She's in Georgia. So in her state, abortion is banned no matter what regardless of incest, rape, blah, blah, blah. And so she made this post about if she got pregnant again, she has a much higher percentage chance that her, her next child would have the same exact thing that Hayden has. And she would not want her child to live through that, knowing that she's going to, basically she's going to have her daughter go to her grave, that she's giving up her so much of her life to take care of a disabled child. Like all of these things, why if she found out through the testing that she would have an abortion and that she couldn't find out through chromosomal testing until after a lot of uh, states wouldn't allow it, like after 15 weeks. And so I was reading, she, her post was very long. It was like five comments long. And I was reading the comments in this, in her post. And there's literally thousands of comments, but I did see a lot of pro-life people who I think finally had a light bulb go on and go, Oh, I can see how this is a scenario that I would understand. And so maybe they don't like, maybe they're, they're very black and white and they finally see something that's like, Oh, mm. there, there is something that could change. And I get now. And she even made comments about like not having sex with her husband. She's like, we have, we're raising a child with disabilities and we have such a strain on our marriage. Anyway, we don't want to take, like, you're telling me to be abstinent for my husband. It's the only closeness that we have. And, and she's like, and I don't have time to go get my tubes tied because I would be, you know, getting surgery. And then I'd have, I still have to take care. I'm a full-time caretaker of this child and all of the reasons why things could be really difficult. And if she had an accidental pregnancy and the girl who has the childhood dementia, uh, was a birth control baby. So she was a pregnancy that they hadn't planned and they had her. So anyway, long story short, th my point is, is there in the comments section, I could see people who probably had a very, very strong opinion who started to change their mind a little bit because they heard this story. Mm -hmm. And so I do think that sometimes we just can't with the people we're talking to, like our voice and our story is not going to connect with them and they're not going to understand us. We're not going to understand them. But I do think that someone their story or the way they say something or the way they present something might like crack through. So I don't think we could give up on people. Um, but I do think that sometimes it's pointless and futile to try to argue with someone that is not going to change their mind. And you're not going to change your mind. Like that's just, you're just arguing for the sake of having a verbal diarrhea competition or something. Mm -hmm. But I, I really think that there are certain voices that we understand something or hear something that comes, that just makes sense to us that someone else maybe said the same way or different way, but we needed to hear it the way we heard it. Mm -hmm. And so I, I really think that minds can be changed and ideas can be flipped. I know for me personally, I've had some certain beliefs and until I was presented with different, different, uh, opinions or facts that I've changed my mind. And so I, I really think people can, but mm -hmm. I don't, uh, I don't, even, but then it just becomes like, do you. I was going to say, is it, is it the person like, did, are they obligated to even justify no. their choice? You know what I mean? Yeah. We saw a lot about this in the you know summer of 2020 
uh, with George Floyd, you know, a lot of people were like, racism isn't a thing, systemic racism isn't a thing, right? It's just like, and we saw people who were like that. But then I remember, I forget who it was. I think it was maybe my brother, one of my brothers said that someone in his life has a friend who is a person of color and like asked that person straight up, like, hey, is this true? Like, do you really feel like oppressed or whatever? And that person said, you know, I don't feel oppressed like moment to moment, but just so you know, this is my lived experience. Yes, I've been yelled at. I've been, you know, I've had racial slurs thrown at me, like whatever. And so this person is close to this person of color. They're friends, they're good friends. And hearing it from him, it was like, oh yeah, this, oh, maybe this is real because this it's the source, Mm -hmm. right? It's like from the source that they need to hear it from. So when someone's shouting it on social media, like strangers being like, listen to our lived experience that maybe doesn't penetrate. But then when you hear it from someone close to you and they validate their experience and how could you ever know if you're someone who's white, right? And then you hear it from them and you're like, oh shit, this is someone I love, someone I trust and they're sharing it too. So sometimes it just depends on who you hear it from. But again, it's no one's job to go around having to convince other people of their lived experience or convince other people of the, the, what they want to do for themselves. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, really, there's no, you know, you don't have to go on and like list out the 10 reasons why you want to fucking move across the country to Facebook. Like <laughs> you can just do it. And so, you know, I think that's really interesting to talk about how I think it really depends on the source. I think it really depends on how maybe it's uh, approached. That's why when you are maybe going to share with people in your life a decision that you maybe know they won't, they'll be disappointed or they'll be sad or whatever, try to say it's not about you and just say, hey, like I know this does affect you. Like, I don't know, like quitting your personal training and leaving all your clients quote behind at the gym. You can say, hey, um, I, I really value our friendship and I feel so honored that we spent this much time together. But just so you know, I'm really trying to do what I need to do to grow my business and take care of my family. And this is not part of that picture anymore. And it doesn't mean that I don't really like honor and love the time that we had together, but I would ask in advance for your support. Who's going to say, fuck you to that. You know what I mean? It's like such a heartfelt, vulnerable thing to say. I think that vulnerability really will get people on your team, but you can't just be like, I'm doing this. Fuck you. Like you could, if you want, if you didn't care about the relationship, but if you care about the relationship and you want to sort of soften the blow, then you can use qualifiers like that. Just like lower yourself to their status. Right. And just be, and just have an honest, open, vulnerable conversation about it. I love that. Cause we kind of open this conversation with how do you support the person, but that's if you are the person who needs the support, just even asking and saying it that way, because yeah, how can you say no to that? How can you go like, yeah, someone's I need to like, share, oh. yeah, I need to share something with you and here's my decision. And I just, I thank you in advance for your support. It's like, you're just going to have to keep your fucking mouth shut if you're not supporting them because <laughs> it's assumed. I'm yeah. like, yep, I do support you in that decision. Yep. I know. And me read like gritting their teeth. I support you. Okay. Oh man. <laughs> Actually, that's so good though. And I feel like so many people don't know how to have the conversation. So that's a great script. Well, cause they already come to the conversation anticipating it's going to be hard. Oftentimes, you know, yeah. I think we oftentimes come to the conversation because we make it so much bigger in our head then it probably actually is. So that when you do get that response, the person's like, totally get it. Like, you know, I'm sad. I think it's valid to say that people are going to have their emotions, right? Of course, they're always going to have their emotions. You can say, I'm sad. I mean, you could even to a friend who was like, hey, just so you know, I'm going to have an abortion. You can say, God, I, you know, I wish you wouldn't, but I also, I'm not you. Mm -hmm. And I don't, you know, I'm not going to live your life and I'm not going to have your future. So 
I'm going to support you in whatever ways I can. Or maybe you just go, awesome. I just, because that's not my value system, I would appreciate maybe if you didn't talk about it to me, mm-hmm. about it to me, you know, I mean, I think that's even yeah. valid to say, Yeah. you know, in a nice way. <laughs> Don't talk to me about your problems anymore. Yep. Yeah. I don't hear about your problems. So <laughs> go find someone else to do that. You know, I think that's, you know, I think there's something to that. I think we see, especially in romantic relationships, when someone's in a relationship that, that they don't want to be in, or they've come to you several times and complained about their partner, you know, and you're constantly hearing them complaining about their partner and they keep not leaving and they keep not doing anything different. That can be exhausting as a friend, right? Cause you're like, Hey, I already sort of told you how I feel about this. We've already talked about it a lot of times, you know, I'm happy to support you, but I just need you to know that like, I'm getting a little fatigued on this conversation. doesn't mean I don't love you, Yeah. but is there anyone else in your life who maybe you could talk to about this because it's kind of fatiguing on me and like, at the, and honestly, it's kind of annoying. Like I'm trying, I'm getting to the point where I kind of don't want to hear about it anymore. And like, I do want to support you and I love you, but also it's fucking annoying. I don't know. Yeah, like, yeah. how could you say it in a nice way? You know what I'm talking about, right? Where someone just keeps, it's always the same thing. Yeah. And you're like, like at some point I I'm just like, should I get off the pot? Yeah. You know, like, and it's, so it's not that it affects you. It's just that like, it's draining on you. So right. even though the decision doesn't affect you, it's like, it's fucking draining on you. I think that's a great one too. It's kind of just drawing boundaries and you can just yeah. say that kind of thing of, Hey, like, this kind of conversation, you know, where I stand, you know, I love you and I support you. And you probably have that. I had the conversation, you know, where, you know, you know what I think about this scenario. So I'm not sure there is anything else to there's say. There's nothing so else to let's, say. Let's I've already told you about, everything. I, yeah. you know, there's no more advice. There's no more like yeah. guidance. Like I said, what I said, and you know, I support you, whatever you need to do, but maybe Unfortunately, I don't know that I have the bandwidth for this conversation that much more. Here's a gift card to (laughs) betterhelp.com. Maybe you need therapy. It's like on that Sex and the City episode where I forget it was, I don't know which one it was, where they were saying something to Carrie. Oh, I think it was just like getting over big one time. And they were like, maybe you should see a therapist. She goes, I don't need a therapist. I have you guys. And meanwhile, they were all like, they're so, they were like so fucking exhausted hearing about it. They're like, yes. Yeah. They're like, exactly. So good. You know what? I'm so speaking of therapy, just lastly, I am so pro therapy for people to go like, like a tune up. You don't have to go for your whole life, but like probably every couple of years, you should just talk to a therapist because shit adds up. My dad was saying something recently and he goes, oh yeah, I went to therapy for three years. And I, you know, when I went through that and I was thinking, dude, you still need therapy. Why aren't you with therapy now? I'm like, just because you did three years doesn't mean you're good. (laughs) Yeah. You're not a healed dad. All right. I mean, it's ongoing. Yeah, yeah I agree with you. Yeah. A little tune up never hurt. Not to just call check you out, in. Dad, Even but, if you yeah. just go like once a month, yeah. you know, think about it. Like how amazing is it that someone literally just sits there and listens to all your shit? Like that's <laughs> yeah. fucking a dream. Like, I remember when I went to therapy for the first time after I moved out to LA, I went to therapy the first year I was out here um, to deal with this stuff with separation divorce. And I remember feeling so like guilty uh, like during it, I was like, is this okay for you? Like literally it was her job. And I was like, are you sure this isn't too much? Like, and I, I remember feeling like it was so self-indulgent, you know? And then I had to remind myself like, Jill, you're fucking paying this person. This is their actual job. You're not <laughs> inconveniencing them by talking about this being here right now. You're like, let's talk about you. How, I'm like, what's, but going how you though? what's going on with you? <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with, with me? Oh my God. I love it. Anyway. Well, love to hear y'all's thoughts. And if you've had, you know, I will say, and I know Jill, you admitted this and I can also admit I've definitely fucked up 
so many times in different relationships where I've overstepped, I've said things I shouldn't have said, I've been judgmental. And so it's just like, it's a work in progress. And so I'm curious, I'm sure you guys listening, maybe this is even during the conversation. You're like, oh yeah, this friend I had. I will say about that because I know probably you and I both have had this experience, even with each other is like, Mm -hmm. if one of us oversteps where we're like, Hey, like that's not cool. Or we take something personally or whatever. There's really nothing to do with us. If there's an apology there and it's like, Hey, you know, I'm sorry. I was judgmental or I'm sorry that like, if that came off judgmental, I just really care about you and I don't want to see you hurt. And I, I was getting caught up in my own emotions about it. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. I try to not hold it against them. I try to, I still try and share, you know, I think that's what's yeah. I do. I'm just like, yes, this is my friend. And I will even say that like, Hey, you're my, you're one of my best friends. I really want to be able to share about my relationship. I want to be a share about my job or, you know, whatever. So I'm hoping that moving forward, you can hold space because I don't want this like one instance to just like totally cut me off from ever talking about this thing ever again. And then you have to trust, you have to retrust that you can talk about it with your friend. If there's an apology there, there's a recognition there, there's, you know, acknowledgement then yeah, then, then you have to stick your neck out again and share with that friend. If you care about the relationship, because that's really what it is. If like your friend is truly like a ride or die, then you should feel like you can talk about your stuff with them. And if there's a moment where you or they overstep and that, but then there's a correction, then you have to put it out there again. You have to trust that they, that they will hold it down for you again, even if they had that one little slip up or whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I would love to hear, you know, in the, in the, Facebook group or whatever, if y'all want to share maybe some scenarios that you felt like this, you weren't supported and maybe ways you felt like you could have been, or even maybe this is a chance to go back and make some apologies and, and repair some friendships if that is what you want to. But I hope it was just a good conversation to have and just to think about, to be self-reflective. I think that we all, there's so many things in this world right now, especially with all the division, like all the things we mentioned on this episode between the George Floyd stuff last year and the vaccines and the abortion, like all the big, big stuff is already huge in the world. And so many people have opposing viewpoints. And then we just have our own personal life shit that we go through. And so it's really, really easy to just start making enemies of everyone. If someone doesn't agree, like we don't have to be friends with them. And I think that's just so short-sighted. And I think relationships are so much more important. And if we could have better tools and skills to support people that we don't always agree with, I think we can just learn a lot more and go a lot farther and have a much better fucking world. So I love it. Great. Cool. Well, thank you guys for your time and attention. Appreciate you besties. And we'll see you on the next episode. Bye Bye. guys.